Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and I know I had said that I would record uh, Tuesday's podcast following the New Year's Eve afternoon game against the New Jersey Devils. There's actually been uh, a lot happening uh, in advance of that game that I wanted to get to, uh, so here we go. I'll recap uh, the New Jersey game uh, on Wednesday's podcast. Uh, again, my name is Ian McLaren. This is the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Uh, if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me at Ian C. McLaren. And I'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you listen. Uh, and also please drop a rating and a review if you have a moment. It would be greatly appreciated. Now, following practice on Monday, there was quite a lot of injury news that dropped. Uh, I mentioned uh, in my conversation with Sarah Griffin on uh, Monday's podcast uh, about one player who was ruled out, and that was David Krejci. He's one of a few players who will not be able to to play. Now, uh, I guess the situation with Krejci is that he suffered a lower body injury during Sunday night's win over Buffalo, did not practice Monday, did not travel with the team to New Jersey. Uh, he played 14 minutes and 17 seconds in the win over the Sabres, which is well below his season average, which is up around 17 minutes and 26 seconds. Um, Par Lindholm will return to the lineup and will play between Jake DeBrusque and David Backus, uh, according to head coach Bruce Cassidy. Now, uh, what else is going on injury-wise? Connor Clifton uh, will not be playing. Charlie McAvoy was placed on injured reserve. He will not be playing. Uh, but Krug appears to be ready to go and participated in full practice. And um, he said he felt good. Anytime you get to be back on the ice with your teammates and back in full practice, full contact... You get excited and you get pumped up for the next possibility to come. Definitely feel good. He was placed on injured reserve with an upper body injury suffered on December 23rd. He is eligible to come back for Tuesday's game. And hopefully he is indeed cleared. Uh, that injury came on a shoulder-to-shoulder hit from Tom Wilson. Uh, a clean hit, if you can believe it. Um, of that hit, Krug said, I knew he was on the ice. I knew he was coming. I take a lot of pride in knowing where everyone is. I knew he was there. He just caught me a little bit quicker than I expected. It was a good, clean hit. He plays hard. He's effective for his team. And I obviously have to be a little bit more aware. When we came out, jumped over the boards for the whistle. I knew he was on the ice, that being Wilson. Always aware of the guys that can hit you and punish you in that regard. It was a good hit. So any questions about uh, Bruins lacking toughness, needing to avenge that hit, uh, you know, preventable hit with enforcers in the lineup is kind of bunk since it was a clean hit. It just happened to be from a guy that has a bit of a reputation. Um, Cassidy said they're erring on the side of caution. Krug is very close. He could benefit from the extra couple days rest. We have to discuss that internally, he added. Um, but with the injury to Clifton, who has an upper body injury that he suffered uh, in Sunday's game against Buffalo and McAvoy out. 
they may not have the luxury of uh, keeping Krug out of the lineup for longer than necessary. Uh, Jeremy Lozon was recalled from Providence on an emergency basis. He has 10 points, one goal, nine assists through 35 games with the Baby Bruins this season. He said he's really excited. Since the beginning of the year, my game has been strong. I feel really good. Been waiting for that call up since the beginning of the year. It's nice to be back up with the big team. Uh, if he is indeed getting the call, then I think he'll be ready. Um, he's not obviously an offensive dynamo, but Cassidy says he plays a hard game. Uh, it's always about can he sustain a level of puck play at this level where he makes good first passes in a reasonable amount of time. We're not going to ask him to go on the power play or anything like that. He's much more of a killer or a shutdown guy, Cassidy added. We've seen him do that last year at the start of the year, and he did a great job. Um, The big question is, can he manage the puck night in and night out and grow his game in that area? That'll be a challenge for him. In other injury news, I said there was a lot. Uh, Carson Kuhlman, he's been out since October 19th with a broken right tibia. He also practiced and was assigned to Providence on Monday afternoon. Um, He'll likely need to see some game action down in the AHL before returning to the uh, big club. Now, if Krug is not able to go, um, actually, according to Matt Porter, Krug said he will not be traveling to New Jersey. So scratch what I said earlier about him possibly being able to play. Looks like they will keep him out for the extra couple of days to make sure he's fully healthy. Uh, it is New Jersey after all, although you can't take anyone lightly in today's NHL, but still, um, the expected defensive pairings for the game against New Jersey are Chara and Carlo, Grizzlick, Lozon, more Kampfer. So not ideal, but uh, the Bruins have the depth to be able to sustain injuries. And um, like I said yesterday, they always seem to have a knack for being able to call guys up who can fill in and um, they end up uh, reaping the benefits of that NHL experience down the line. In other news, uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned on yesterday's podcast about David Pasternak, but he was named the uh, Atlantic Division captain for the 2020 NHL All-Star Game, which will be played in St. Louis. Uh, It looks like he will be joined by at least Tuka Rask, who was also named to the Atlantic team. Uh, Patrice Bergeron was given a nod as the nominee for the last man in vote although i encourage people not to vote for him because our man needs the rest however uh, it's easy to see brad marchand as a snub he's currently tied for third in scoring in the nhl along with pasternak at 58 points five behind Connor mcdavid three behind uh leon dreisaitl nobody has more points uh than uh, Pasternak and Marsha, other than those two Oilers. Um, so, um, yeah, really uh, questionable as to why Pasternak was not joined by Marchand on the original roster, but uh, such as it is, Marchand will not be at the All-Star game. And, you know, like with Bergeron, it's probably better for him to get the rest uh, anyways, not complaining too much about that, although it is a bit of a head-scratcher. I understand all teams need to be represented. The Bruins already had two players on the 
Atlantic roster. Uh, other um, forwards are Jack Eichel, Tyler Bertuzzi of the Red Wings. Obviously, Marchand deserves to be there over him, but uh, seeing as the Red Wings need someone there, uh, Jonathan Huberto from the Panthers, very well deserved. He's top five in scoring. Anthony Duclair from the Senators. Uh, Victor Hedman. He's not a forward, obviously, but Austin Matthews will be there to round out the forward. So that's Pasternak, Eichel, Bertuzzi, Huberto, Duclair, Matthews up front with uh, Shea Weber, Victor Hedman. Um, on defense, and then Frederick Anderson and Tuka Rask in net. Um, so yeah, that's your NHL All-Stars at this point for the Atlantic, pending the last man in vote. A defenseman will also need to be added uh, with only two on the roster at this point. Uh, the game will be played in St. Louis, and obviously it'd be nice if Pasternak just uh, lit things up and took the uh, MVP honors that night uh, from, from the Blues. Um, but yeah, that's your... Look at the situation heading into Wednesday's, no, sorry, Tuesday's game against the New Jersey Devils and uh, all-star nods for the Bruins. Um, Bruins will be shorthanded against the Devils. Not that that should matter too much, but it would be nice to end 2019 with a win. And like I said yesterday, for Pasternak to get his 30th goal of the season uh, in the official first half as well. Today, I also wanted to take a look back at the decade that was for the Bruins. Obviously, um, a very successful stretch for this team. I became a serious fan of the Bruins in like 1989. So this was my third full decade rooting for this team. Uh, 90s uh, started off pretty good. Um, there was obviously some downswings the early 2000s. Very much uh, not memorable for this team. And um, the two th 2010 to 2020, uh, something for all Bruins fans to be proud of and quite possibly the greatest stretch of success that this team might achieve in our lifetimes, to be completely honest. Um, it started off on a... Bad historic note, if that uh, makes sense, with the Bruins obviously blowing that 3-0 series lead against the Philadelphia Flyers in the 2010 playoffs, uh, in large part due to an injury suffered by David Krejci in uh, Game 4, I believe it was. I mentioned yesterday as well how underrated or underappreciated I think Krejci is, and he's a huge reason why the Bruins have had uh, so much success over the past decade. Um, the Bruins won the Stanley Cup in 2011. You can look back and say they should have probably won at least one more Stanley Cup, uh, 2019 being the number or the year for that, uh, having lost on home ice in Game 7. Um, they easily could have or should have pushed the 2013 Stanley Cup final to the uh, Game 7, were it not for that late breakdown in Game 6 on home ice, in which uh, we all know that Patrice Bergeron was severely injured in that game as well. Um, 
So yeah, we'd like to see at least one more banner up there, but the three uh, Stanley Cup final appearances is tied for the most in um, among any teams over the past decade, and the one cup is something uh, special uh, to be cherished as well. I'd say arguably my favorite single moment of the past decade was not actually the cup win, but the game seven win over the Tampa Bay Lightning and uh, that they won one nothing. Um, for me, that was such a special moment. I didn't uh, think I would see the Bruins in the Stanley Cup final uh, anytime soon. This was, of course, at the beginning of their kind of decade of, of great success. Um, to see them win that game and to advance to the Stanley Cup final uh, against the, um, you know, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, it was such a special thing just to get there. I honestly didn't think the Bruins were going to win that year out of all three years that they did make it to the final. That was probably the one that they uh, were least favorited in, if that is even a term. Um, they should have beat St. Louis. Uh, Chicago was a bit of a toss-up, and the Canucks were the clear best team in the NHL that season. Um so for them to have won, especially in Game 7 on home ice, was quite a feat. Uh, on home ice, I mean Vancouver's home ice. Um, yeah, it was quite a special thing. But for Nathan Horton to score that goal, for the Bruins to advance to the um, Stanley Cup Final that year was, was really special. And I don't um, regret admitting that I teared up a bit when uh, when they won that game. For sure, uh, there were a couple years in which they missed the playoffs. Of course, the Bruins kind of excelled at the rebuild on the fly under Don Sweeney. Uh, those years that they did miss the playoffs was by like one or two points total, uh, with the Hamburglar rising to uh, bump uh, Ottawa up almost pretty much improbably or impossibly, uh, and then the the Bruins did lose that series to Ottawa as well. So they kind of threw a wrench in the Bruins plans uh, this decade, as well as some questionable moves by um, Peter Chiarelli on the way out or prior to resulting in him being fired. Um, You know, I look back and I still am not a fan of the Tyler second trade. I wish they had been able to work things out with Dougie Hamilton to keep him around. Uh, But the way the team is right now, you can't really complain too much about how things have shaken out. Um, You know, the uh, loss here in 2019 was truly heartbreaking for me. I really thought um, the Bruins were going to pull that out. I don't think anybody really expected them not to win that game. I look back at the first period, there was a, a missed opportunity by David Krejci, a missed opportunity by Brad Marchand. I wonder if even one of those had found the back of the net We'd be talking about the Bruins going for a repeat here. Um, But, um, hey, uh, things are the way that they are, and we can't go back and change the past. And I'm thankful that the Bruins did win a cup and that, um, you know, they were on the wrong side of history, having coughed up that lead against the Flyers a few years later. 
They made history with that ridiculous comeback against the Toronto Maple Leafs in game seven of the 2013 first round. Um, they were l- losing 4-1 with 9-18 remaining, 4-2 with 1-22 to play. Uh, Milan Lucic, Bergeron tied it before Bergeron won it in overtime. Um, hockey is just a weird game that way. Sometimes uh, the surefire slam dunk result is not what happens. Uh, the Maple Leafs and Blues can attest to that on opposite ends of Bruins' uh, results. And um, yeah, sometimes it just uh, doesn't go the way things should be based on, uh, you know, probabilities and things like that. So the Bruins had some ups, they had some downs, some wild swings. Uh, and we're lucky to have been able to witness this team over the past decade. Um, you know, I think back to this recent slide that they had losing eight of nine and people feeling like the roof was falling in. In the grand scheme of things, I've learned not to get too worked up over games in December, January, even February. Uh, We have been ridiculously blessed with uh, success for this team over the past decade. And uh, knock on wood, hopefully we get a few more years out of it and the Bruins are able to um, continue this string of success while the core of Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, David Krejci, Tuka Rask, uh, they're around uh, any day that Chara is able to suit up and play is is a blessing. And, um, you know, I really believe a few of those players will have their numbers retired. Certainly 37, uh, certainly number 33, certainly number 40 as well, I think, should be retired as the winningest goalie in NHL or, or sorry, in Bruins history. Um so all that to say, this past 10 years have been truly special for Bruins fans. Uh, I'm thankful to be able to host this Daily Bruins podcast. Yes, we're at the tail end of this decade, but um, the core guys are still around. There's some good young players coming up. The Bruins have a chance to win here in 2020. I truly believe that, um, even before some uh, tinkering by Don Sweeney prior to the deadline, which we all expect to happen. And um, I think the Bruins are well positioned for success here, uh, at least over the next few years while the core is together. And then who knows after that, but uh, you know, Patrice Bergeron is uh, such a special player and to have been able to build around him for this past decade and he only seems to be getting better uh, offensively anyways, uh, has been a treat. So overall, yeah, I'd like to have seen this team win one or two more times, but the one cup, I'll never forget that. And uh, the two other long runs, you know, not every team gets to win a playoff round. Um, The Panthers and Maple Leafs, their fans have not seen their teams win a playoff round in the shootout era. So for the Bruins to have been able to win uh, so many rounds to get to the final three separate times to win once, um, I can't really complain about that. So here's to another decade of success for this team and uh, shoot me a tweet or an email with your favorite moments of the decade if you so choose. 
but hopefully they ended out here with a win over the Devils and uh, that there are some things to celebrate here in 2020 uh, to get a cup. The beginning of the decade uh, would be would be pretty special. To wrap up today's show, I just want to go over a couple of news and notes from around the NHL. I mentioned yesterday on the podcast about Boston's reported interest in Chris Kreider. Uh, Elliot Friedman reported the Bruins trade interest during Hockey Night in Canada this past weekend. He reported many top teams want Kreider and have contacted New York. Uh, Jeff Gordon, GM of the Rangers, has not yet made a decision if they will make Kreider available or continue to re-sign the 28-year-old. He has 24 points, including 13 goals this season. Uh, He's an underrated power forward, uh, certainly has the offensive tools and the defensive acumen and the grit that um, the Bruins uh, covet. Uh, Sweeney, you know, he's been looking at Kreider, apparently. Tyler Toffoli's in the mix. Um, I'd like them to look at Anthony Duclair. He kind of fits that mold as well. Friedman said, Kreider likes being a Ranger. Teams don't believe the Rangers have made him available. They're waiting to see if the Rangers decide they can't keep him. If the Rangers want to trade him, there will be a ton of interest, meaning uh, the price tag uh, may be a bit high uh, on the Bruins' end, uh, but we'll see if they are willing to uh, cough up what the Rangers will be looking for in uh, a potential trade involving uh, Chris Kreider. Apparently the Avalanche, Blues, Penguins would also be believed to be interested in Kreider per um, Friedman. And uh, so the Bruins would have some competition in there. Uh, He also mentioned uh, Toffoli. uh, And it's noted that his stock could rise if the Rangers are reluctant to move Kreider. So, uh, maybe the Bruins are targeting Kreider first. If that doesn't work out, they might look at Toffoli. Uh, he's an unrestricted free agent in July, similar to Kreider. There's no indication he and the Kings are progressing towards a contract extension. And uh, it seems like uh, a break there is inevitable. So that could be a guy that uh, the Bruins will target. And I, I've mentioned that I would like to see that uh, come to pass. I really like Tyler Toffoli's game. Uh, and I have since back in the uh, his junior days as a member of the Ottawa 67s. One final note from an article that caught my eye. This was from uh, Greg Wyshynski of ESPN, and he uh, came out with a list of the hockey people who will matter most in 2020. Um, mentioned a couple people that I've talked about on the podcast A lot. Uh, One of them is Dan Carcillo. I'll just read a little excerpt here. He said, since retiring in 2015, Carcillo has been providing needles for the hockey power structures balloons on a variety of issues, including concussion awareness and mental health of players. His Twitter feed at CarBombBoom13 became a clearinghouse of news on those topics, as uncomfortable and as alienating as it could feel for him. Um, there are certainly times when the volume of Carcillo's work can seem scattershot or overwhelming, but on the big issues, few voices have the legitimacy and the reach of the former NHL brawler. On that note, uh, Wyshynski also pointed out Kim Davis, who has been with the NHL since November 2017. 
she was hired as the league's executive pre- vice president for social impact, growth initiatives, and legislative affairs. But her role took on new prominence this month when it was announced that she would also lead a multidisciplinary council to suggest initiatives, monitor progress, and coordinate efforts with all levels of hockey in response to recent coaching behavior controversies, specifically the racist language used by former Flames coach Bill Peters against Akeem Alou. Um, So it's good that the NHL is, uh, you know, taking positive steps uh, towards that, that they have uh, brought uh, Davis into that additional role and hopefully, um, you know, things can continue to take positive steps forward as um, other instances come to light and more change is brought forth in hockey culture. So uh, a really cool uh, article that Wish put together there, and uh, I highly suggest uh, you check it out. Uh, three players that he named specifically were Taylor Hall, Alex Pietrangelo, and Braden Holtby. Certainly the three most prominent names that will be available come free agency if they indeed get to that point. I don't think the Bruins would be in on any of those players. Uh, but, um, you know, guys, worth watching as the NHL's balance of power uh, could be shifted uh, with the signing of any of those guys. Uh, so that's it for today's podcast. Today is New Year's Eve. I wish you all a happy and healthy New Year. Uh, please be safe for those of you who will be celebrating. Uh, for those of you without any plans, who may be uh, ringing in the New Year alone, please know that uh, you are not alone and that um, I am always here if if you need an ear. Um, World Juniors uh, wraps up. The round robin stage wraps up uh, today. And if you are are not aware of what's going on, uh, I can remind you that uh, it's quite a dogfight in the group of death. USA and Canada both won on Monday and are uh, 1-2 in Group B. The United States has now played all four of their round-robin games. Their two, uh, two regulation wins, an overtime win, and a loss. They have eight points. Canada will play the Czech Republic. Uh, a regulation win would put Canada atop the uh, Group B standings. Uh, if the Czech Republic gets a regulation win, they would leapfrog uh, Canada for the uh, second place. So kind of a big game there. Uh, Canada could finish as high as first or as low as third, it looks like. Um, so uh, United States currently in first, but that could change depending on uh, what happens between Canada and the Czech Republic. So everyone will have eyes on that game, although... At the same time, the Bruins will be playing the New Jersey Devils. Um, so you all will probably be watching that, uh, but I'll be keeping an eye on both games uh, being up here in Canada. So yeah, that's it for today's Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Again, thank you so much to everyone for listening. Uh, appreciate all who have tuned into the any of the 64, 63, 64 episodes uh, that I've released so far uh, in the 2019 portion of the calendar i'm looking forward to much more and uh you know greater things here in 2020 and 
I wish you all the best as you celebrate and ring in the new year as well. Uh, my name is Ian McLaren. This is the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Take care, friends.